Welcome to the Insider's Guide to Finance, where we dive into stories from the front lines of financing public and private companies. I host seasoned CEOs, fund managers, bankers, brokers, and business experts who will answer your questions about how to properly engage investors, finance opportunities, and build outstanding success stories. We dig into the educational how-tos and mechanics of structuring good deals. You'll also hear about strokes of luck, tense negotiations, and the pressures of closing, while also getting insights on how to best navigate the public markets. We're back with another episode of the Insider's Guide to Finance. Apologies about my recent hiatus. We have more great guests to come, so stay tuned. Today, we're speaking with Jason Hilton of Hilton Advisory about investor marketing. Over the years, the world of investor relations has continued to change. This change has accelerated with companies now engaging in digital marketing the same way companies would if they're marketing their products. Now, if done right, this is incredibly powerful. So we talk about the importance of retail investors and how a school of retail investors can attract bigger fish like institutional investors and how to do this with digital marketing. As well, Jason talks about how liquidity is king and bankers will even pay a premium for well-traded stocks. Now, no doubt, if you're publicly listed or in the process of being listed, your investors relations program will need to include a healthy dose of digital engagement. Jason was gracious in providing us with some great insights. Enjoy the show. On the line, I have Jason Hilton. Uh, Jason, thanks for coming on the show. I've been really looking forward to, uh, to speaking with you because I know you've got a tremendous amount of experience in the world of IR and in investor marketing. The work you do has been very heavily digital, and I think there's so much that, uh, that the audience can learn from you. So I'm really happy to have you on. I appreciate it. I've been, I've been excited to be on. We've had uh, past conversations that I think we're, we're aligned really well and this is going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? We, we, it was a bit of a struggle to get on, you know, to find our, our, uh, our time, but here we are. So um, let's jump into it. I want, I want the audience to hear uh, about your background and what you do with Hilton Advisory. And uh, so take us there. Give us uh, the elevator pitch. Sure. So um, I think that's two different things. So I'll start with a little bit of history. So I'm back in the late nineties. I got involved in investment banking with some, with some people locally. I was a top notch salesman locally in different areas and whatever. And they recruited me to come in and and do some sales. And and I did, I did very well. And in that process, I was recruited to work at another firm and that firm, um, it was an investor relations firm. We had a lot of fun. That was that was we were still at that time, you know, sending out blast faxes. It was just like people. I, I remember calling people and telling them they needed the website or asking them if they had a website, and they laughed at me, told me they didn't need, <laughs> they didn't need one. Uh, and so, you know, I I I went through the whole nine eleven thing and the, the markets crashing and all the other stuff that happened throughout the you know past twenty years or so. And um, I've seen I've seen a lot of change in the way that investors are approached and how to uh, and how to approach them in a, in a meaningful way. We've seen the decline of the stockbroker. You know, there really isn't stockbrokers anymore. Um, so you know, how do we? How, I've, I've I've studied and, and tried to learn how do we engage with investors in a meaningful way now that they're interpreter um, or they're 
their salesperson is out of the picture, meaning the the the, uh, the stockbroker. And so, um, and and my pitch is simple. Um, there's there's you need to connect with investors in a meaningful way, and there's only really, in my opinion, one way to do it, and that's through online digital investor marketing, or at least having that component involved heavily heavily involved in whatever you're doing to engage with investors. And so that's the, I mean, that's the crux of Hilton advisory and the work you do with your clients. So we've, we've, we've got, we've got, uh, we've got a lot of, a lot of time and effort into, into the research, but also into the development and into the deployment of the services that we provide at Hilton advisory for sure. You know, that's something I want to get into because I was, I was having dinner with some gents last night and we were talking about, you know, very similar conversation there that the broker has been separated from this equation of engaging with investors. And the one thing that you could never do back in the day with, with brokers is truly quantify the buying and selling or the engagement of the investor uh, on the other side of the broker's phone. You can never really do that. But what we're seeing nowadays, and perhaps you can expand on this, but we've got such an ability to measure engagement digitally when an investor clicks on something, when an investor um, opens an email, clicks through. There's so many data points you can use to, to see if your message is working uh, and, and you know, lean on that to guide the path of your IR program. Is that is that accurate to, to the work you do? And how, how does data influence the, the world of investor marketing for you? Data, I think, and I say this all the time, is analytics aren't anything without action, right? So you can have all the numbers you want in, in, in analytical data, but if you're not doing anything with that, then what good is that data? So I think right. that there's a, a, a place for both. Yeah, I think so. I think um, the angle I was coming at with the question was definitely on the side of the company side of being able to see and get a lot more insights into the engagement of investors than you had in the past. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's because mm-hmm. you have the ability to, to see the data that comes back from the campaigns that you run. And that's, that's the power of, of modern marketing, of digital marketing nowadays. So it was yeah. not so much about delivering a narrative with data, a company delivering a narrative with a data to their, to their investors, but instead being able to see the engagement rates. And, and so it's more internal, okay. if you will. Yeah. Sure. So I get that. Yeah. So what I would, what I would say to that is that from what we've seen is that all data points to the, to the fact that, that, you know, a huge majority of the people that are going to engage with their company are going to do it digitally. You may have met somebody at a conference and shook their hand and gave them, uh, you know, a, a packet, a PDF, whatever, but we're convinced that almost a hundred percent of those people are still going to go to your, your online, uh, presence to make a decision. And that's where I think the most data is going to be right? The most important data, I think that, you know, like you're saying, how, how can they evaluate their data? How important is it? I think it's the most important thing on the planet, because if you tell me about something, I don't care what it is, a new sneaker, a car, a new business, uh, an investment, I'm going to go online and do research. And if I land on your website, which, which I, you're hoping if you're, you're a publicly traded company that they're going to do, you know, what are they finding? How long are they spending? How, how are they getting through their process? All that data, I think, is just 
it's gold. It's yeah. the most important thing I think in a, in a business. Does that speak more to your question? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's where I was going in the sense that, you know, you talk about somebody reaching your website. Well, let's just talk about, you know, not to get too focused on it, but like as an example, the bounce rate, somebody comes to your investor page and if they bounce out or in essence, they come and they don't scroll down or anything, they just take a quick look and they're off. You can clearly see you're doing something wrong. And so that's the power of the data that I'm seeing in the world of investor marketing. Yeah. yeah. And when, now, where are they, where are they going? You know, that's another thing like, okay, they're leaving. Cool. But where are they going? Are they yeah. landing on your IR page? Are they spending time? Are they clicking on the, the 37 page PDF? Um, are they spending time watching your one minute video? Are they looking at the CEO or the management staff? Is that, is that a place where they're landing most? You know, these are, this is important, important stuff for sure. No, I, I want to step back because I kind of took us, uh, derailed us down a bit of a rabbit hole there. But to bring it back, what's, in your opinion, what's the difference between investor marketing and investor relations? That's a good question. So investor relations is, is, is current investors, right? Like how are you um, keeping them up to date, communicating with them, keeping them in the loop? How are you handling that? But also I think it's a big initiative for investor relations to go out and find large you know, institutional investors or larger investors. Um, the difference, I think, between investor marketing and investor relations is that ours is about going out and finding those new investors. And I also believe wholeheartedly in the smaller individual investor and the purpose of the smaller individual investor in a successful company. And most large companies you will find will have a good mix of institutions, large investors, and smaller individual investors. And the reason I think that that's important is because smaller individual investors, it's like, I, I often use it as like, right, like they're a school. Like a, 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 a shark doesn't chase a fish. He chases after schools of fish, right? Um, so where, where large amounts of individual investors are gathering or purchasing, you will see that larger investors will follow behind. And there's a reason because they will, they want to be nimble. They want to know that their because liquidity is king in this mm. situ in this, in this entire situation, liquidity is king investment bankers, big institutional investors will pay a price to be nimble. Does that mean it means that you go to them, right? You're an investor relations guy and you're, you're out there getting meetings with the CEO and you're on you know, Wall Street and you're pounding the floor. You know, the, 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 you're, you're getting meetings with these big guys and you're going in and you're saying, look at this awesome deal. We don't trade much, but it's worth $5. You know, here's, the, here's, here's what it, it's such a great deal right now at this price, this value, if you will. And what, what we know to be true is that an investment banker or a bigger, bigger investor wants to know that they, it's, what do they say? It's not worth anything unless someone buys it, right? So yeah. they want to know that they are able to get their money out of the deal. And so having liquidity is how that happens. So they would rather pay a higher price over time to be able to be able to, to clear their desk, if you will, or get out mm -hmm. of their position and make money than they would to hold on to it for the next 10 years and hope something comes out of it. So, so investor marketing is that school of fish, if you ask me. 
right? Yeah, it's I, that I, individual. I, it's that net. Yes, I, and, and this is something that I think is is so so often disregarded from public company management teams is how to engage that that investor, the retail investor. And you know, I, I'll refer, reference back to a uh, an episode with Danny Brody from Rad Capital, who was just on, and they did some incredible deals in the cannabis space. But his or their team's whole philosophy was the retail investor first. If they couldn't right. engage the retail investor, Bravo. there was no point in talking to the institutions. And they did that, and they did it in an incredible way. And so what you're saying here is, is and I really like the analogy there, of having that school of fish. You need that school of fish. That's the liquidity, but they're small fish. They're, they're investors who might have a position of, I don't know, I mean, 2500 to 5000 maybe you know under $10,000. Mm-hmm. So take, so take internet marketing. See, see, nothing we're doing when it comes to investor marketing, I'm sure you would agree with this, nothing is really super special in the sense that we're doing anything different than you would do if you were selling anything else. You're going to use SEO, you're going to use inbound marketing, what we call investor marketing, inbound investor marketing. You're going to use SEO, you're going to use, um, you're going to use uh, CRMs, you're going to use all, every, every, you know, calls to action. You're going to use all the same stuff that anybody else uses to pull investors in. You're going to use outbound marketing, which is traditionally, you know, buying ads, uh, whatever it might be going, I don't care. That, that could be physically you going to uh, present somewhere, you know, outbound, you're going out into the world, you're spending money to, to get in front of. And then lastly, there's a conversion technique or tactic that people take. Like you said, if they don't get a below the fold or if they don't even scroll down, that's like, that's part of conversion. That's saying, what are you doing wrong on your website? that people aren't taking or going through the process. And so why I mention all that is because if you, t- if you look at, okay, if you, if you start looking online and saying, okay, how many people are, are Googling invest in, you know, marijuana stocks or uh, cannabis stocks, whatever, my, whatever the term <laughs> we're using right now. Um, yeah. And you look at that number, how many people are Googling that? You'll find sometimes, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people every month are Googling these things. So, so, so if you were to take that and I'll do the math with, with us on the, on the call right now, cause I love it. I absolutely love it. If you've got, let's just say there's 1 million, right. Um, cannabis inquiries a month, 1 million. So 1% of that is going to be hundred thousand, 10,000, right? There's going to be 10,000, um, people who are who are interested in investing in cannabis. Yeah, you times that by your twenty five hundred, you're looking at twenty five million dollars. If you're a publicly traded company and you're spending, I don't care. Let's just say you're spending a hundred grand a month on on you on investor marketing, which might sound like a lot of money to some people, but you even get you just get you just get ten percent of that one percent of people. Right, you're looking at two million dollars of of, of yeah, two and a half million dollars purchasing every month. Right, yeah. so you might spend one point one million dollars a year in investor marketing, and your return on that is you know, but back to twenty five million to plus two five thirty million dollars. So you spend a million to get thirty. Right. And I'm not saying that's a typical response. I'm just saying we're just using round numbers and and funky. You know, we're being but. 
isn't that an, if you were a small public trade, if you're a NASDAQ company, isn't that an additional $30 million of, of increased liquidity or buying in your company at, by just, by just using some of these tactics and techniques that everybody else is using to sell anything from shoelaces to, 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 to sports cars, to anything, to using those same techniques. Yeah, so man, this is be- this is cool. This is exciting because you've you framed this up to say, first of all, liquidity is king. If you want to see yourself up as a public company into higher levels of institutional activity, higher stock price, and really start to realize the value of that company, you need that liquidity. Now the question is, how do you get that liquidity? And to draw it over to the world of investor marketing where you could say that there's a million people or a million searches uh, a month and this is the net result or the potential net result where we've just calculated 25 million in, in liquidity or uh, at, at somebody buying in at, at, at $2,500 kind of thing. So I really liked how you painted that picture and I think it's going to drive the point home. But can you take us down the path of, of what are those, those silos or those tactics that need to be focused that fall under the umbrella of investor marketing, because what I'm seeing there's there's yes. you know SEO, there's um, inbound, there's outbound, mm-hmm. there's you know where where should people focus? Uh, and just for mm-hmm. clarity for the listener, when I picture investor marketing, it's no different than as you alluded to the marketing that some incredible companies do or that any company do does to try to sell you shoelaces, to try to sell you a new car or whatever. I mean, take a look at a company like Casper mattress and their, their marketing, they're selling a foam mattress, but they became a billion dollar Mm -hmm. company because of their marketing practices. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) very long winded, but how do you apply those silos or the, the different parts of a, of a marketing program to investors? Yes. Um, great, great, great question. So first and foremost, the thing that I would say that's most important, and I'm gonna I'm gonna use some I'm gonna use some some terminology that I use personally. Um, so I'm just a little disclaimer. I'm I'm a married man. Uh, I'm 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 a good dude. Um, but sometimes <laughs> I, I relate this. I relate it to like dating, right? So the first thing I would say, the first thing I would say is let's let's clean up, right? Like. So what is your, if I, if this is a dating site and I'm going to put you on the dating site, I want to make sure that you were putting our best foot forward, right? If I was a woman, I'd probably go out and get my hair done. I'd put on some makeup, a nice blouse. I'd give a really good look, right? Because if someone's going to click on, right, uh, you know, this on me, I want to put my, if I'm going to go on a date, I want to make sure I smell good. I look good. I got a fresh haircut. You know what I'm saying? I want to represent myself in the best possible way. And I think that that's, that is sometimes overlooked in, 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 and the very first thing I would do with publicly traded companies is I would go to the place where, where, where visually and the, probably the most important thing is their website. So where, what can we do on your website? We call this investor conversion optimization. How can we optimize your website to convert as many uh, and potentially convert as many investors as possible. So we want to become as easily accessible to the masses and make it as, as easy for people to understand. Yes, that includes, and I've had, you know, I've had biotech companies argue with this. I've had other people, you know, I, I actually was talking with one of the, the biggest reggae guys on the planet one time 
down in New York. We were talking about biotech companies, and I asked them, I said, why are we seeing there's more biotechnology, there's more stuff happening in the past couple of decades that has ever happened in all of human history, but we're seeing a decline in investments in these kind of companies. This guy's a very smart guy, MIT level, smart, smart, smart guy. He said, I don't even understand what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I can't invest in them if I don't understand. So that's a big, that's big, right? But let's just talk about John the plumber. He's the, let's talk about the mattress guy, right? You think the mattress guy was some super smart MIT guy? No, he's probably just a regular dude or, you know, good educated guy, whatever, started selling mattresses, did the right thing, opened a second store, opened a third, whatever it might be. Same with the plumber guy, right? In John and son, have a have a band. They go out. They do the right thing. They they provide a good service. They got two bands. Now they got ten. Now they got twenty. They're in a couple cities and they're doing a couple million dollars. They want to invest in a company. John doesn't speak MIT. John doesn't. John may not even have gone to college, right? Mm-hmm. But he's got two million dollars and he wants to invest. How are you going to bridge the gap? So yeah, let's talk about things like Fleish Kincaid scores. Are we talking at a, at a level that everybody can, and, and in a language that everybody can understand? Let's or just clarify that. A like a, a flesh Kincaid score is the, the readability analysis, like a grade level analysis. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And I'm not saying you need to talk like, a, like, you know, I mean, you know, oh, we don't want to dumb down. No, no one's saying you're dumb. As a matter of fact, making it so more people can understand is smart. It's not dumb. It's smart. I don't speak your highly stylized language. I don't understand what people are talking about in the back of a restaurant, in the kitchen of a restaurant, <laughs> no less at, at in, in the emergency room of a hospital or in a high level, you know, I mean, dude, you hear about these things, Oracle and all these people with their acronyms and all this stuff. I don't understand, but they do. So we need to make sure that everybody understands our language and understands what we're doing, why we're doing it. And so, you know, and then obviously you need to engage in some things like I said, some best practices, right? Um, calls to action, CRMs, um, following up, newsletters, uh, you know, emails, um, getting people engaged. So maybe they don't purchase the first time, right? I mean, the, the goal is to get them to buy. I get it. But how do you engage with them? Maybe they, maybe they did purchase. Maybe they did purchase, and it's only twenty five hundred dollars. And and you say, and you don't find a high value in that. But over time, they purchase twenty five and twenty five and twenty five and twenty five because you're communicating with them, because you're keeping them updated, because you're speaking their language and you're including them. So, so in, in answer to your question, the very first thing I would do is I would go to their website and I would start to to go through a checklist of best practices. And um, any company who's looking for that checklist, I provide it for free. I can give that to you. Oh, you can go on and you can say, are we doing this? Are we doing that? And that, and, and I'll that's put that in the start, show notes you know, for us. Yeah, I'll yeah. put that in the show so, notes. So, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's simple stuff, right? You know, am I, you know what, I, I often say this too about people, um, and don't take this the wrong way if you don't do this, people out there, but, you know, if you don't put your picture on your LinkedIn page, I don't really have a lot of interest in engaging with you. Your picture tells me that you're, that at least, at least at a very, at a face value, that you're willing to, um, to be transparent on, on, on who you are, right? Like, this mm-hmm. is me. If I was ever in a crowd, you know, you could pick me out because, because that's me. So when CEOs and different people don't put up like their pictures on the website, um, that always, uh, I, I don't want to invest in somebody I can't like even see. And you know what I mean? Like, so there's certain little things. I, I know that sounds small in comparison, but I will say this also, 
they just talked about 1% of 1% or 10% of 1% and what that can equal. So if someone's landing on your website and, and only 1% of the people care about the way that, the, you know, the, I'm not saying the way, but like, I want to look at CEOs sort of in the eyes. I want to see him. I want to know more about who he is and, and why he's involved in this and his passion and all that stuff. If only 1% of those people land on your website convert because of that, those numbers could still be pretty huge and, and worth taking a look at. Obviously there's bigger things, right? You know, financials, up to date, all that good stuff. Um, we also but talk it, about things like a, a explainer video because I don't want to, if I just landed on your website, I don't want to download a 57 page PDF. The first thing, give me a high level overview, a nice video that I can click on, look at people would rather watch video. There's a whole bunch of best practices. And, and data that point to a lot of this stuff. It's nothing I'm making up, right? It's all data. Every This is all stuff everybody else does. So to summarize there, uh, I mean, you, you come and it's, you know, to do the dating analogy, it's about cleaning up that profile and making it look appealing, right. appealing enough to click and take the next step and say, you know what? I'd go on a date with that person. And that that's opens the door. Yeah. And so really, I mean, what I'm hearing and what I, what I actually agree with, and now I'm spouting my, my same opinions are similar to yours is that you have to make it so deadly simple right off the bat to convert them or convert their interest and take them down a path post them arriving at your site. You can't just give them all of the detailed information right away because you'll just you'll you'll bore them and and there's not enough attention span so you have to give them something uh that's that's snappy that's that's um strategic and have them convert with something as simple as an email and that's what can start yeah. that relationship and work towards that ultimate goal of having liquidity in your stock yes well like let's just say you know for example i think the top four i'm going to use um this is not a real number the top four online brokerage firms have something like $3 trillion in them. If you put a little link at the bottom of your IR page for those four, like, hey, invest now, or if you'd let, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, uh, it, hey, if this is something you want to invest in, and you, and you put those three little four logos on the bottom of your investor page so they can click it, and it will most likely open up to whatever one they use, probably already logged in, and they just make a purchase. It, it, it's just simple little things like that that could be that could make a big difference in 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 the conversion, right? The, they all have everybody has a process. It's different, but if you speak to uh, to the masses language and you're able to help them go through that process easily without putting any obstacles in their way, they're more likely to cross the finish line. Like getting rid getting rid of any friction there. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Now, so that's what the else? first thing we do. Yeah, what else is there? For sure. Yeah, yeah, please get into yeah. them. So once you're cleaned up, right, the next thing we want to do is, 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 is twofold. The first thing is, I think, in my opinion, the most cost-effective, cost but also probably it, it's, it's at the inbound stuff, right? SEO, writing, blogging. Um, we, we talked uh, from Pride to the show about getting, getting on the news, getting on TV, um, just being out there and, um, and, and available because the way the internet works, in case you don't know, is that it pulls up the most relevant information or the way that, you know, people are searching for opportunities, which we just learned 
that there are hundreds of millions of searches every month of people looking to invest in things, people searching, invest in, I want to invest, how to invest, invest in this, invest in that. Like people, hundreds of millions of searches. So people are doing it. And then if you are coming up more often, you've got a higher probability of people clicking on your opportunity and going, and then, and then we're back at, you're on their website and now you, you made it as easy as possible for them to get the information with for. So, so inbound investor marketing, and that's, that's your SEO, that's your, you know, just anything where you can pull people in. It's that, it's this, this, how can we attract people into us? That is, um, I think, crucial and I think an overlooked step by most companies because they skip to the next one, which is outbound. They want to, they think they have to spend money, they have to go out, they have to get, you know, in front of investors, they have to, you know, they're, they're here, they're spending money on pay-per-click, you know, they're, they're whatever it might be. And that's, you know, that's once again, also in, in Back in the day, when I you know, back in the day, yeah, yeah, um, you know that was that was that was getting in front of brokers. You know, back then it was brokers. You had a broker network or brokers that you you know or a brokerage firm, and the broker would go out and pitch these stocks. Right, that's how it happened. Right, and and that's however it happened. I'm not saying you had an individual relationship with a with a stock broker and he went and pitched your stuff. It was you know analyst reports, getting out in front of the brokerage community. And then you never had to talk to individual investors because that's what they did. And, and that also goes back to, the, to how, um, how you communicate on your website because stockbrokers, but I lived through it, trust me, but watch any of those movies. Those stockbrokers weren't saying, hey, John, I'm going to talk to you about the analytical data that uh, corresponds with the blah, blah. Joe, listen, they make these amazing semiconductors. What's a semiconductor? It doesn't matter. They go in computers and computers are big, you know, but like it's, the, you know what I mean? They pitched. That's mm-hmm. how they did it. You know, they pitched, right? And they walking down, man, you got to grab some of these. You got to, you know, I think you should be in this, whatever it might be. There was a pitch, but they spoke their language. Right. Yeah. So, so that's the outbound, right? So getting out there. Uh, something um, I just want to tap on that is, you know, I've said mm-hmm. often that, if on on the in your in your pitch materials and your pitch deck and on your website and your investor page, you've got to think about the fact that there are brokers out there who still have books of clients and they may come to your site. When they look at it, within a very short amount of time, can they take three bullet points away that they can go sell to their client and not look like an idiot? Because if they can't do that, Good if point. they get confused, they're not going to pitch you because they don't want to. They don't want to look like an idiot in front of their client. They want to have a solid right. uh, sales pitch and you know get some take down some stock and, and make a commission. I mean, listen, they're not all commission right. driven. Uh, there's a lot of smart brokers out there, but if they can't sell what you what you do, there's no point in in bothering engaging them. Right, and and if they can't figure it out, which that's what they're trained to do, <laughs> right? If yeah. they can't figure it out, how are you expecting anybody else to? Yeah. So, it, so now that we, we've discussed that and what that looks like, let's actually go down a tangent there. With regards to the world of, of the brokerage community, where, what's your view on it? Is, is uh, online and the online brokerage world, is that only where you should focus? Or do, do stockbrokers or investment advisors still play a role in, in investor uh, engagement, investor marketing? 
so um, to your, to, you know, I think that there, I think that a large majority, I think uh, Pareto's law, right? Maybe 80, 20 or something, right? So like yeah. 80%, I believe should be focused in on your, on your appearance, on um, pulling people in, on going out and getting them. I, but I do believe that there are the 20% uh, are, are, should be focused on the, uh, the, the broker. And I do believe that they're still out there. I do believe too, though, but by, by at this, at this day and age, I think that they're super guarded and I think that most of them are, are fang, right? They're, you know, that's what they're, they're pushing. Um, they're very, they're more like order takers more than anything, or, you know, mm. you know, they're, they're cashiers, right? You know, annuities and different things like, so it's, it's, um, it, it's to me, I, I don't put a lot of focus in on it. I think once again, same thing, if you're doing all the right things and just like you said, there's guys out there that are, that if they see value in it, um, they'll, they'll pitch it because their 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 real loyalty should be to their to their customer to their investors and their books. And so, if they see it trading, they see that there's an opportunity for an investor to make money. Uh, I think that they'll I think that they'll come on board. Uh, I don't think you have to put a lot of effort into those kind of people because that's what they're trained to do and that's what they're out there doing. And if you're presenting yourself in the right way. They'll, they'll be attracted to your situation. So what I'm hearing, I mean, you talk, yeah, you talk 80, 20, uh, regardless, I mean, with all of, if you can do digital investor marketing work that speaks to the kind of investor you want to engage, that would also, mm-hmm. if done well, include the broker networks. And Absolutely. it'll also with, include, it'll also include huge investors, <laughs> right? Too. They'll come on, they'll find you too. Yeah. Now, what's next? I mean, you, you look at that. We've got um, we've gone through a couple of things here. What else does do do we need to know about investor marketing, and and where should where should companies focus if they were to uh, go down this path or engage your services? What would be expected there? Well, I think that the first thing that everybody should expect, and and this would be like uh, um, akin to hiring an SEO firm or anything else, like don't expect miracles out of the gate, right? Expect um, expect to invest time into this as well. This isn't a handoff. You know, here, take this, go sell this. That's that's not how it works. You need to be engaged in this process, and you need to understand that you are invested in this for a long period of time. This isn't a, a, you know, a wham, bam, thank you, man. This isn't an overnight thing. Um, this is a, this is, this is something that you need to be serious about and invested in both with time and, and obviously, um, a budget. So, um, I would expect that if anybody came to me that they truly do believe in their company and they do believe in the long-term vision, we're not looking for people who have, you know, these overnight and some people just need, listen, I understand that you need, you know, you got to do some funding. You got to get some things done. You're falling behind. Um, I just, I, I'm not very helpful in that situation. I'm, I'm, I'm a, uh, a, a grinder. We wake up every day and, um, we produce content. We, we convert, we AB test, you know, it's, it's a process. Yeah. So, um, that's what I would say because, you know, what we have found in the sort of fast paced world of, the stock market is a lot of people are expecting things to happen overnight in a week. Hey, what's going on? Why is it my stock trading? You know, that kind of thing. And if you're, if you, if you have that sort of need, 
right, or attitude that's probably we're not the right people for you. But if you are truly believe in your company, you have a vision, a plan, and uh, you have a goal in mind. I think that we're the right people, and I think that you should expect us to 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 um, to walk alongside you in that in that process. And also, I want to say too that we are also not one of those. Um, totally hands-off companies, right? So you get, okay, look here, here's your, here's your, uh, here's your website. Um, here's your stuff. You go, you have to make, here's what you need to do. Um, we'll be there every step of the way to help you understand this process because it's not something that people are doing every day. And we don't expect you to just understand how it all works and what you need to do. So, um, so yeah. Um, mm. uh, so longevity, I think is key. Yeah, and you know that that is a very important point. Is these things take a lot of time. Um, a couple of questions that come out of that, like you're not going to come out of the gate and just have uh, you know groundbreaking liquidity. Uh, but what kind of budget should a company actually put aside for for an investor marketing program? And maybe you can caveat that with you know as a comparison to market cap or something like that, or you know some other metric to to qualify it. But what kind of budget should a company expect? to really put together a, a strong investor marketing program? Sure. So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously that there is some qualifying questions I would have for a company um, and everyone would be different, but um, I would say, I would say <laughs> anywhere probably between about, you know, I'd say on the very low end, I've just looked, Jason, I love what you're talking about. I think we got to clean ourselves up you know, and, um, and start the process for long-term, I think $5,000 a month up to, and once again, you know, depends on what you're looking to accomplish. Um, and, and then the budget would be, you know, sort of limitless from there, right? Uh, we want to, we want to do more. We want more pieces. We want more. We want to be out in the, the street more. We want to do more. So that would be up to you, but I'd say a minimum, probably about $5,000 a month. Bringing in you or somebody like yourself, uh, to, to do that kind of work to start to, to pair them up. Um, you know what I wanted to ask you was when you look at companies that do investor marketing incredibly well, do you have any examples? Who do you look at and say this product or this, um, their investment into investor marketing is the way it should be done? Whether they're your, they're your clients or, you know, any NASDAQ or, or who do you look at and say they do a, a remarkable job? Um, there's two companies that I think do a great job. Um, and, and the one sort of obvious one, if you will, is Apple. Um, and I'll tell you why, because we, I always, I, I say this, if you knew what was in your cell phone, if you knew, if they told you invest in this company, because we provide six megahertz, you know, uh, optimal distance, uh, you know, if you knew what was in that cell phone, uh, it would blow, you would, who would ever think that it was even a cell phone? No less, right? You know, digital display with da, 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 like they do a great job of connecting with people, um, what people's needs are, why it's important for people to, to purchase their product. And in doing so, they create a relationship that I, I, you, you, I would, you'd be hard pressed to find somebody who's invested in a company who doesn't also purchase that product and vice versa. If you're going to play, if you're, if somebody came to you and said, you know, you got, you got Apple and you've got uh, Android 
and um, you can invest in one, you're probably going to invest in the one that's in your pocket. That's just my opinion. Um, also, they, um, I, I, I was talking about this a little earlier, there's Funko, FNKO. And um, what I like about them is that they are a small company, but they but or you know they'll they'll do about a billion dollars in sales without any acquisitions. But but they but they they sell little you know eight dollar plastic bobbleheads, and that's all they really do for the most part. And they they've been able to go out and raise the money they need. They they're now public FNKO on the Nasdaq. They're trading up. They just do a really good job, in my opinion. You know, it's it's. Um, for me, like I said before, and, and I do own Funko's just so we're clear on that. Um, but for me, um, to, to, what I always tell people is, is the reason I'm invested in it is because I invest in their product. But also, if I could own a piece of the, the company, that's kind of cool, right? And mm-hmm. I think that they have that sort of, um, that there's that same thing with Apple and these companies. I think that's important. It's like, um, I'm not just investing in their products. I'm investing in them. I don't just own their products. I own them, right? You know, I own the company. Uh, I think that's pretty cool. And so a couple of companies I think have done good. I mean, there's some reggae pluses that, that, that I think have connected with people um, and did a great job of, of investor marketing. Yeah. I just cool. jumped onto Funco and it's, uh, it's a pretty cool site and uh, right to the investor page for sure. So uh, interesting story and, would have never thought, but uh, I'll take a deeper look. Now, um, where, do, where to next? Uh, something that I think is important that a CEO would ask is how can you quantify the results of investor marketing when you would make an investment like that? And it's so hard to rely on the markets, especially for small caps. I mean, you got, uh, you know, it's so easy for, for institutions and big money to ignore the small cap market. Um, how, do you, how do you quantify the results when you, when you can't directly correlate it to stock price? You know, you, you, you can see uh, uh, there, there are some, some places where you can make some assumptions, if you will, right? If you're seeing a, a high amount of traffic to your website and people clicking on uh, your investor relations page and spending some time there. And hey, what if you had those four logos at the bottom and you could click on those and you saw people clicking on those? Um, you can make an assumption there those that that's that the work that you're doing and the increased amount of, of uh, traffic and visibility on your website and the increased amount of you know liquidity right is is something that you could correlate as, as successful um what else would what else can you do in this current in this current world that we're in in this current environment what else would you be doing what are your other options is it to send out a, a mass email to uh emailing list that could get you um that could get you barred from from the pink sheets or a bulletin board or nasdaq even you know like how do you what are your other options? Not to say that I'm, this is like a bullying technique or whatever, but it, it, there are plenty of other options. There are, there's, you can be presenting places, you can be doing all kinds of stuff. But I would ask, what, would, what is your, how can you justify that spending versus this spending? So I wouldn't necessarily have to, I wouldn't push this so much as like, this is common sense in my opinion. 
if I don't have oxygen, I don't breathe, I don't live. This is like if I don't have investors, individual retail investors, if I don't have liquidity, listen, when I say liquidity is king, that's a direct quote from NASDAQ. That's not me. That's a direct quote from NASDAQ. Liquidity mm. is king. It is it. That's it. So um, what else would you be doing if you weren't doing this? If you weren't trying to create this environment, what are your other options? And what are the, what is the return on something like that look like versus what we're talking about here? There is some real quantifiable data. There is analytical data that's available that we, that you and I both know exist. Click through rates, you know, CRMs, uh, uh, signups, calls to actions. There's so many things involved in, in what we're talking about that, uh, that, it, that has so much value. Um, in, in, in the world today, period, right? You know, data, yeah, yeah, yeah. everything. <laughs> um, compared to spending, I don't know how much money to present at a conference. You know, how do you, how do you quantify that? Right? Well, I'm in front of X amount of people. Well, okay. You know? Yeah. Are they, are they actually interested? Are they going to take any action? How are you going to follow up with them? I mean, really, how you should follow right. up them is, is with a, a digital engagement pro- program that that just wraps them with great information and brings them down that path or down that funnel of, of uh, consideration and ultimately to conversion. Right. Today, if, if you don't think that if you're making a pitch to an investor, either one-on-one, 10 to one, a hundred to one, a thousand to one in the room, if you don't think they're going to pull out their phone and if they don't pull out their phone, you're not doing a good enough job. If then they don't care in the first place. Right then and there and start taking a look at what you got. And you're not taking, and you're not taking all those other things I just spoke about into consideration. You might just be fishing without a lure. You know, you might be fishing without a hook. Yeah, you're there. There's lots of fish. There are things in the water. How are you supposed to catch them? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. I like that analogy again. Okay. Um, with that, you know, one thing that we haven't touched on, and this is perhaps a subject that we should have earlier, but it's. When it comes to content development, what kind of content do you see works? What kind of, how do you produce content that is engaging and is economically viable and doesn't take, you know, doesn't cause brain damage putting it together because it's so hard to create content in my experience. So what, what do you have? What tips do you have for that? One thing I would say is, is, is look at what the, well, look at what the most powerful people in the world are doing right now to garner attention to individuals. And, and what I mean by that is look at what congressmen, look at what, look at what these, look at what politicians are doing right now. This is, this is a big deal. And, and what they're doing is they're pulling out their cell phone. Have you noticed, <laughs> you'll see this now more often, that there's these candid, so, hey, this is so-and-so, you know, with, like selfie video, right? Mm. Uh, uh, we're going, we're, we're marching in on da-da-da-da-da, right? I say pull out your cell phone, flip it around, and record yourself. Do something like that. And there's plenty of stuff out there. Facebook will actually automatically, or is it YouTube? One of the two, I forget, I find that information, but uh, it will transcribe it for you. So now you have a twofold opportunity. Bam, you're candid. The people are you. You're 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 raw. You're there. People. You're connecting with people, and uh, and it feels like it's one on one. We're FaceTiming. You know what I mean? And yeah. We're chatting, and you pull out your phone, and you're just raw, and you're real, and you're like, 
man, we're about to go into this investor conference, you know, 2019. We're super excited. Uh, we're going to present on this today and, um, you know, we'll hope to join you or, you know, next week or here's what we're doing today. And you know what I even say sometimes is present some of your, present some of your struggles. Become real to people. This is a struggle. Going through the process of a clinical phase two trial is not easy and it's not cheap. Talk about some of those things. Because when people can say, you know, wow, man, I, I connect with that. Life is hard or this is hard, but they keep going. Look how he's working. He's working at it. Do a pull out your phone at two o'clock in the morning when you're in the office. Hey guys, it's 2 a.m. I'm about to wrap up, but I've been working hard for everybody. You know, whatever it might be, you know, but, but I would say that, um, look at what, once again, man, I'm not making anything up. I didn't create anything. Look at what, what, what successful people are doing. Look at Gary Vanderchop or whatever, Gary V. What's he mm. doing? He's pulling out his cell phone everywhere he goes. People love him. You know, like. So it's know, really, yeah, real, I mean, there's. Honest, authentic. What I'm hearing is break away from the norms. Start becoming human. Yeah. Just because you're a public company right. doesn't mean you can't be human. Right. Doesn't mean you have to be sterile. But, but also with that video that connects and, and, and I think there's so much involved in that psychologically, emotionally, and, um, and, and, and getting people to, to really believe in you and, and pull out their, their pocketbooks, if you will. But then there's also that SEO, like I said, it will transcribe. So, yep. so start thinking about what is it that I'm trying to accomplish? Who am I trying to reach? I'm trying to reach investors who are interested in phase two clinical trial or companies that are, you know what I mean, that are on the edge of cancer research and we're getting so close and we're here to two of them, blah, blah, blah. I think when you start writing to those people, then those people's interests and what they're searching for are going to pull those people in to you. So that it's a, it's a great twofold, right? You're, and so part <laughs> so, of the strategy um, there, I mean, it is twofold, but it, when you, when you're creating the content for investors, if you have the keywords in mind that are important both to investors and customers, you're going to be adding to the the SEO juice, so to speak. What? Yeah. Yeah. So it, I mean, um, it really is, and I think that's something that that management teams and CEOs need to keep in mind is that a lot of the work that can be done on investor marketing is a twofold mm -hmm. benefit for the sales and marketing organization uh, of their company as well. It's not for sure. And, and, and so, I mean, it's not just siloed off as that's the investor marketing program and we can't take any benefit from that. That, I, that is, a, is a big fallacy I see because so much of the work that a good investor marketing team will do is applicable to the rest of the organization. Now, I agree. Uh, and, I, and vice versa sometimes, right? Yes. Yeah. I want to be uh, respectful of your time here as, as we uh, round the hour. With looking at um, everything we've discussed and from your experience, and I love it from like, you know, back on the days, uh, like pre-digital, pre-websites, pre, uh, like what do I need a website for for my company? And your experience in, uh, in the markets. With all of that, with the discussion we've had, how would you wrap up some final thoughts for CEOs and management teams when it comes to investor marketing? What should they know and, and what should they... Uh, um, keep in mind moving forward so they make the best move? Well, it's a, it's a digital age. There's no doubt in my mind that every investor of any size and any capacity is going to land on your, on your, on your, on your website that, you know, to, to do um, research in this digital age, people are online. And I think you need to be, you need to be cognizant of that. You need to understand 
um, that, um, that people are um, researching, searching, and purchasing online. I mean, that's just how everything's being done. And if, and if you're not taking that into account, and, and, and also, also, I want to say, even the, minute, the smallest or, or, or minute little things that you might not have previously thought were important, uh, when you're talking about converting huge amounts of, you know, billions of people uh, of inquiries online, small details, small little things can make a huge difference over time. So I would say pay attention to detail. Every detail is important. And I would say take into consideration the fact that we are in a digital age. Everything you probably do as a CEO, all the way down to your investors, involves some sort of engagement online. So if you're not taking that into consideration in everything that you do in every way, um, I, I think you're making a mistake, a, a, a disservice to your company and your, and your current investors. And foregoing the potential to have the liquidity that is king. <laughs> yeah, yep, absolutely. Jason, I really appreciate your time. Uh, thanks for coming on and thanks for sharing this experience. Uh, I know that uh, people can reach you at Hilton Advisory, but I also know we haven't spoken to you yet. Maybe we can just do quickly on um, on the recent merger you've done and, and where you're going with Hilton Advisory. Uh, and that way people can connect with you. So what's what's happening there and where should people follow your work? Yeah, so um, I am on LinkedIn. You can, uh, look me up at uh, you know Jason Hilton, H-I-L-T-O-N. I'm in Rochester, New York, which uh, has a very interesting story in the markets overall. We'll, we'll, we'll do that on another podcast. But All right. um, check me out there on LinkedIn. Get connected with me. I'm happy to share my knowledge. Um, I'm happy to share. I've got tons of data, eBooks, um, and about things like investor conversion, about things like inbound marketing, all for free. Um, you know, our 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 goal is to get people to start thinking that this is, you know, sort of the way things need to be done. But I also align those with best practices and the most up to date data and research that's done by the highest level of people in our industry. So I'd be happy to share any of those kind of things with you for free. And um, also, um, we just, so Hilton Advisory was, was uh, uh, one of the, the stopping points in my journey that I've been on here in, in, the, in the markets. And uh, we recently were, caught the attention of a gentleman by the name of Leo Linder and his company, Emerge. And they have a international, worldwide uh, brand. And they are super, super at helping companies grow. Um, and so they saw extreme value in bringing investor marketing on board. So we've come on as their investor marketing business unit, and we'll be launching in the next day or two, very timely, what we're calling Ultimate IR. And uh, that will just be literally ultimateir.com. And you can come and check that out. Um, I would say first follow me or go to LinkedIn, and then we'll get you updated on all the fun stuff that's happening over the next couple of days, weeks here. That's awesome, man. I'll put, uh, I'll put that info in the show notes and link over to it and congrats on that. And, and thanks so much for coming on and sharing your experience. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Insider's Guide to Finance. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share this with your friends and colleagues so they can benefit as well. You can also subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or the Play Store. Your support there is really appreciated. For future episodes, if there's a question, topic, or specific person you'd like me to interview, feel free to reach out. You can connect with me on LinkedIn or through my website at creativereturn.ca.